0: Sure. Some point in the future, after a bad draft or a bad game, John Krasinski is going to start viciously attacking Kwesi Adolfo Mensa because that's just who he is. He will second guess. He will be just all over this guy. But John, until that day arrives, we have to admit that Adolfo Mensa probably had the best first day of any general manager or coach uh, or press conference subject i've ever seen not only was he highly impressive and very human during his introductory press conference on thursday morning then he went downstairs and met with a, a bunch of us it completely off the record just bs session just to get to know people i i just uh man this is the kind of guy you pull for uh he is incredibly personable incredibly intelligent remarkably down to earth uh so hey i want you to just give him a little bit of time before he start ripping away
1: Right, right. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure my hindsight will be 2020 as soon as uh, all of the mistakes and and things come. But here's like the one kind of frustration I get, Jim, um, in terms of the process of us analyzing these guys, these hires, um, all of the all of these these opening uh, first impressions and, you know, I said it uh, on uh, on Thursday when he right after he he had his press conference. I was incredibly impressed. I can see why the Vikings chose him in terms of when you when you kind of really talk to people over there about what they were looking for, about what bothered them about the Zimmer Spielman era, about what they wanted to address. It looks like Adolfo Mensa addresses a lot of those issues. Now, here's the thing that, you know, you hear from the cynics that are out there is, oh, you know, he talks about collaboration and he talks about teamwork and he talks about open doors and, oh, that's just, you know, modern mumbo jumbo and buzzwords. Well, guess what, guys? Even if you got Bill Belichick to come in here, he's not going to give you anything different in terms of content For the interview, uh, for the initial interview, because all he's going to use is football buzzwords, just like uh, we're going to play hard, we're going to play with passion, we're going to change the culture. That's, that's, that's all they do. So it, it, there may be a little bit different. You know, set of buzzwords, but they're all buzzwords in these opening press conferences. Nobody comes in and draws the exact blueprint for what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. They speak in generalities because they still don't know everything about the job that they're coming into. And so um, when you talk about uh, him coming in, I think it was, in you know, a, an incredible first impression. Uh, he seems in you know, very intelligent, very approachable, very... Um, accessible, uh, all of these things. Now, we have seen, as the caveat, for plenty of, uh, you know, first impressions to uh, fall flat. I mean, Gerson Rosas came in and said all the same things about collaboration, about teamwork, about all that. Then once he got into the job, a lot of that went away. Um, so it will obviously be dependent upon quasi Adolfa Mensa, coming in and putting those words to actions and following through. But he seems very, very genuine. He seems to really be embracing this moment. This job and this opportunity seem to mean the world to him. I think those are good first steps and a good foundation to build on. And we'll see what happens in the long run. But I I agree with you that he was an incredibly impressive presence in, uh, in that building on Thursday.
0: This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. You can find all of our shows, and we have a lot of them, at TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See the shows as they are released. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our sponsors, Star Bank and State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. So here's the thing, John. Anybody could fail, Right. I mean there have been incredibly accomplished veteran people who've stepped into jobs like this whether it's head coaching or general managing and and failed because failure is a part of the game and the risk of failure is ever present and you cannot control all of your circumstances. If you get stuck with a bad quarterback, if you get stuck with, you know, bad ownership whatever, there there are all kinds of factors that can lead to to failure. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to automatically be a success, even, and might, you know what, he might not be even be a success if he does his job as well as he's capable of doing it. All we can read right now on day one is, did the Wilfs, you know, did they have a good process in trying to find, identify, and hire the next general manager? Did they get someone who on the first day you at least listen to and say, okay, I could see this working? I, I think that's where the Wilfs grayed out high. And let me throw in the caveat here. We don't know for sure whether the Wolves ranked Poles number one and Adolfo Mensa two, or the other way around, or whether it was a dead heat. We don't know if the Bears stole away the Vikings' best, you know, favorite option, or whether it was just a matter of timing and the Vikings were going to hire uh, Quezzy anyway. They're, they're, listen, there are a lot of very fair uh, analyses to throw at this. But all I can say is
1: all we know after day one is that this guy feels like a winner. Right. And and that's a, so here's one thing in, in my reporting on the process and what was going on. You know, obviously, I think after the fact, um, after it becomes public, that. Quasi is the guy that, you know, you're going to hear the predictable, well, this was our guy all along and we wanted him over polls, no doubt, hands down, all that. And you can say, okay, yeah, right. You know, maybe you had to settle and and you're spinning this. I will say though, Jim, that in the days leading up to the hire, Sunday night and Monday morning, especially, I started to hear from people who said, Andrew Miller really likes Kwesi Adolfo Mensa that he's at the top of Andrew Miller's list, whether he was at the top of the Wilfs list or anyone else who was involved in the hire. And that was the consensus at that time or not, that I do not know. It, there could have been many other polls fans. There could have been people really pushing for that, but it kind of, you know, you, if you look at the process and you, and you look at how processes like this have historically happened some uh, sometimes not all, but sometimes these things can sort of be set up in a way for a preferred candidate to win out. They had Ryan Poles scheduled to be interviewed um, what, a, a, this week and ended Adelphia Mensa this week. Once he once Poles went to Chicago, there could have been an expedited process to try and you know lure him back. And they didn't do that, from what what I can understand. They, you know, they had conversations with Poles' agent. They had a, a lot of talks, but I, from what I, I from what I've heard, there were some sticking points in some of their their discussions. And the Vikings did not bend over backward to go and do whatever it took to get Ryan Polls to not take that trip to Chicago. So that would lead me to believe that there were several people in the organization that wanted to see Kwesi Adolfo Mensa get this and, and and get this opportunity to come in and knock it out of the park. And, um, and so I, I do believe that at least one or two important people in that organization were really high on Kwesi Adolfo Mensa from the start. Andrew Miller has some Cleveland connections with the Dofa Mensa, with Mark Shapiro, with, you know, Derek Falvey even and and, uh, and that whole crew. And so I think there was a familiarity at least and, uh, and some recommendations that came to him that really meant a lot and pushed him up the board. Um, so that's my read on the situation right now in terms of their preferences. The other part that I wanted to touch on is we can only – analyze what's right in front of us. So Kwesi Dofomenza came in and was very sharp and very impressive and, and really kind of, I think struck the right tone and the right chord with his introductory press conference and meetings with the media. Like that's a good first step. If he goes along and drafts the next Christian Ponder, we will analyze that as a miss. If he hires the wrong coach, Yep. Yep. If he hires the wrong coach, we will analyze that and say he messed up. Like you can still you can hire people for the right reasons and they can do a poor job. And if he does a poor job, we will say that. But it doesn't mean that it would be hypocritical for us. Um, You know, if it doesn't work out in the long run, we liked it at the start because you can see a lot of the qualities that would make a good leader. What this organization needs right now above all else is leadership. I mean, you talk to people in that building and man, it was a disaster for the last year and a half, two years. And so um, I just think that you can see why they chose him. Is he going, is it guaranteed to work out? Absolutely not. But you can, you can take a look and see logic and you can see real um, tangible evidence for why they picked him. And I, you know, I I think that's in the end what you really want to see out of these processes.
0: I talked to a couple of Vikings people yesterday and they basically told me the same thing unprompted. We can't find any negatives on this guy and we tried really hard. We talked to a million people and we did we wanted to know the negatives. Everybody has negatives, so let's find out what the negatives are and make sure we're comfortable with that and we could not find any and this is coming from uh you know the Wilfs and the the Vikings people reaching out in part to Kevin Stefanski who's a really honest, level-headed guy uh, who, you know, I don't think would steer the Wilfs wrong. Uh, You know, and the other thing is that, uh, you know, I just love this guy's backstory. I mean, combination of, you know, immigrant family uh, walk on college basketball player at Princeton, kind of an more and much more an effort guy than a star, uh, you know, smart enough to go work on wall street, went to Stanford to become an econ professor. gets lured into the sports world and impresses everybody comes in contact with, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he, I mean, maybe he'd be a better general manager con, uh, candidate five years from now than he is now. If he, if he could stay in a VP role for longer, but he's also the kind of guy, if you don't hire him now, you might not ever get another chance.
1: Well, that, I think that's the thing, Jim is like, um, it's better to I think hire on the front end and then grow, especially with, uh, I would say the Wilf history in terms of i think that when you hire someone younger like this who isn't maybe who hasn't been doing it forever and ever and maybe does have a non-traditional background uh, he's going to need a little bit of time to grow into the position and i do think that the wilfs have the mentality and the approach as owners to give him some of that uh, that, that leeway and and to kind of ride with him a little bit because they see it as a long-term play. A lot of times these general managers and certainly head coaches especially, but general managers as well are like viewed as short-term guys, short-term hires, just do what you have to do to get us into the playoffs next year and and, and to get us going. And, and you see organizations flail when they do that. I do think that, that the Wilfs clearly believe in him and they, and they have to understand that there may be a few growing pains as he kind of establishes himself with uh, in in this new job. And so um, he's going to get, I think the right opportunity here for a young GM for one who is coming, you know, uh, from uh, a background that is not, you know, I played in the league I gr- I was a grinding scout and 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 uh, draft guy and personnel guy coming up the ranks and now uh, now it's time for me to be the general manager. I like inventive hires. I like out of the box hires and just and it, it may not work or it, it could be just perfect. but I just think that what you saw from the from Zimmer Spielman over the last few years was, the inability of two men to look past the football part of it to the human element. And that may sound, you know, puppy breath and cinnamon, you know, and all of this stuff. But like, but I think that this game, this league, this, professional sports is evolving. And so you need to bring someone in who can be a leader in a different way. And given his variety of experiences, he's going to be able to come in and have that different perspective and understand how to kind of reduce the pressure and make fe- people feel included and all in the same boat rowing in the same direction. Like you just need that nowadays, the Vikings totally lost their way that way. And so I think that quasi gives them a very good chance to have someone who can come in and just understand what people need from that job more than picking the right guys in the draft, signing the right guys in free agency, making the right trades.
0: Yeah, good points. Hey, let's talk about the potential coaching hire here. We are talking here on Friday morning. You never know when the news is actually going to come down, but I'm guessing it won't come down until next week. So let's talk about coaching possibilities here. do want to say that, hey, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check. Convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, starbank.net member FDIC and equal housing lender. Also want to thank longtime sponsor of of TalkNorth, TalkNorth.com, Tony Hoagland, State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland, who is my State Farm Agent.
1: This is your State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. For the year of 2022,
0: we will be donating ten dollars to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital. For everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North, you can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, seven six three. 421 4900, or find us on the web at com. And a reminder uh, as you listen to this talknorth.com show, we have now have Mike Grimm, Voice of the Gophers, doing the Go Gopher podcast, a great addition to our lineup uh, to go along with Anthony LaPanta, Michael Russo, Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond. Uh, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal. Uh, I can't always remember all the good people we have. We also have tons of good outdoor content. We have also added uh, payday with on the bench. It's a Canadian hockey show. That's not all about hockey. It's kind of, it's Canadian humor and hockey. Uh, if you like either, I would definitely check it out again, everything's at talkdoor.com. So we don't know who they're going to hire. I do think that, uh, D'Amico Ryan's all of a sudden is a really intriguing possibility. He might be the coordinator who had the best weekend last weekend during the v- divisional playoffs. He's young, he's uh, very personable, dynamic, uh, on the way up, and you know. So I think I think there, are, I honestly think there are a lot of great candidates. I mean, I'd take Eric Bieniemy, I'd take Jim Caldwell, I'd take Leslie Frazier. There are a lot of great candidates out there, but Ryan might he just might be the right fit here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting um, kind of decision that has to be made. I like Ryan's a lot as well. What I wonder about, though, Jim, is, you know, you have a a very young general manager. Um, Do you pair him with a a young kind of experienced first-time head coach, or do you go look for someone with experience who's kind of been in the battles a little bit more as more of a complementary role, it seems like? You know, you, 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 there, there's a couple of guys like the Kevin O'Connell and D'Amico Ryans. Um, and what's really interesting was they just uh, – it was reported this morning that Patrick Graham from the New York Giants is being added to the mix of interviews. So I found that really interesting. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of candidates who are to be first-time head coaches and maybe are a little on the younger side. Then you do have Raheem Morris, who has been through it before, um, you know, Doug Peterson has not gotten an interview, but it just seems like, I wonder if, you know, a Doug Peterson like person would be good, um, as, as kind of a ballast for, for the younger and more inexperienced GM, or is it good to just hire two guys who are maybe more younger, a little more dynamic and you can just really let them grow together. Um, but I really like Ryan's a lot. Um, i you know, when you talk to players, uh, or to people who cover the the Niners, and they, you know, have told me that you know the players just absolutely love his makeup, his leadership. Certainly, experienced as a very good player in college and in the NFL, like all of that um, would help things. So, um, if I had to make a choice, like not being in the room with the way that they've interviewed and things, I would probably put Ryan's in the lead. It's just that I wonder if they do kind of look for, you know, um someone with a little a, a few flecks of gray in his hair or something like that just to just to kind of have someone to give that perspective. That said, you know, they have the Rob Brzezinski's of the world, the Jamal Stevensons of the world, the the Ryan Mon, a, a bunch of these guys who have been in the league for a long time and been in that organization for a long time to help Kwesi Adafo Menta through it. Um, but it's just uh, we'll see. A, a two very young candidates or very young leaders could be very, very good. There could be also a few pitfalls that um, that you have to watch out for in in pairing two inexperienced guys together.
0: True, and I would say if they're going to go experienced, which might be a good idea. Man, the more I think about it, the more I read resumes and situations, and everything else. Jim Caldwell is a remarkable candidate. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Uh, he was mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator who got a Super Bowl victory out of Joe Flacco, who nobody really thinks is better than an average NFL quarterback. Uh, Flacco played his best when Caldwell was his offensive coordinator. Caldwell ends up in, you know, I mean, if you take out the 2-14 the uh, when he had a quarterback who couldn't play because of a bad neck, uh, I mean, Caldwell's record is ridiculously good. He he way overachieved as a Lions head coach where everybody goes to have their career die uh smart calm experienced I mean man you you could do a lot worse than him
1: you sure could and um the other thing is like it does that that kind of gets to it it feels like they're both of their mentalities kind of match up you know Kwesi was talking yesterday about how when he watches a game he's very even keeled he doesn't yell at the refs he's not uh, he's not flying off the handle for the good or the bad. And he said that annoys some people because they maybe not don't think that he cares as much or, or something like that. But that's just his personality. And so then you pair him with a Jim Caldwell, who is a little more on the stoic side, who just is going to always kind of have a steady hand, even in moments where of a season where it is getting chaotic, where... Kind of, you know, the sky is falling around you. I think to have a guy like that to be the wingman for a young general manager who's going to be going through this everything, you know, for the first time in that big chair, that could be very advantageous. Uh, you know, obviously, one of the things that went wrong for um, for the Vikings over the last two years is the pressure. The uh, all of everything around these jobs got to Rick Spielman and got to Mike Zimmer. And it made it in a very hard place to come to work for the players, for coaches, for staff, for everyone involved. And so I think if you can have those even keeled leaders um, like Jim Caldwell and and like Quasi Adolfa that that can really help to just bring a calm and a uh, – and, and just a, a re, a relaxed environment. And that might be uh, a better way to just have guys reach their, their full potential. And so, um, yeah, I, I would certainly not, you know, turn down Jim Caldwell or, 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 or dismiss him out of hand. Um, because he, he certainly has a very impressive resume and, a and just a very impressive makeup.
0: I want hit on two other candidates. One is Eric B Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it feels like he's not going to get a job again this offseason. And this this is I know this is like an unfair thing to say, but I don't know how to get around it. Is do you think there's something about him or his resume that is a red flag or do you think people are just overlooking him because they give Mahomes and Ryan the bulk uh, and Reed the bulk of the credit for what happens with that offense in Kansas City? It
1: seems like it seems like it could be both, Jim, because um, especially let's just put them, let's just talk about the Vikings uh, for for a second. I don't know what the heck Jacksonville is doing or thinking or what, you know, some of these other teams uh, um, are, are, are thinking about. But um, for specifically the Vikings, there's two things you can look at it and say, hey, you know, Andy Reid is the mastermind of that offense. Patrick Mahomes is a generational quarterback. Like you got to kind of look at those things in terms of balancing what you know how much is the players like is this an Adam Gase situation where you know he goes and works with Peyton Manning and and looks like a genius and then he gets into a head coaching job and just is a complete disaster um you know the Andy Reid has really put a lot of work in publicly to dispel the notion that you know he's the one that does all the work that he's the one that calls the plays you know he is saying how involved EB is in in everything in the day-to-day operations of that offense and how they go about things um but here's the thing like the Vikings know Eric Bieniemy like right. this is not a case of them looking past him for just the Reed Mahomes you know that kind of thing they know Bieniemy intimately he was here coaching adrian peterson he spent time in this organization M- uh, many of the people who are kind of involved in 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 making this hire of a head coach were here when eric Bienemy was here so they worked closely with him and i'm they could be totally wrong jim or you know the uh, other teams could be totally wrong and when they say oh man i we just, just – there's some things about Eric Bien and me, whether it's personality-wise or whether it's resume-wise or, or background-wise or whatever that we just don't like. We don't think he would be a good leader. Um, they could be totally wrong about that, but I do think that that is factoring in to the decision-making process, at least for the Vikings. Like, if if any team – um was you know going to really kind of say, uh you know, Bienname deserves this chance. We're going to give it. It should be the Vikings because they know him so well. So something about him they don't believe would fit um with what they're doing here. Now, here's just a wild guess, and this is totally a guess, but what you hear heard about Eric Bienname when he was here. Very fiery, very emotional. Very, mm-hmm. you know, a, you know a, there's a lot of people that really respond well to that, but they're just come the Vikings are just coming out of a volatile situation. So it feels like with the quasi adofa mensa hire, we'll see what they do with the uh with the head coaching hire, but it feels like they're kind of trying to get steadier, calmer guys to lead them and maybe they just don't he, EB doesn't fit just from that aspect of things in their minds I don't know but I think it's more at least in the Vikings case Jim I think this is more than just oh Andy Reid does all the work and Patrick Mahomes is great so so you know Eric Bieniemy is kind of overrated I think that they just know who he is as a person and just think it's a it's a bad fit here doesn't mean that he's a terrible guy doesn't mean that um, that there's anything necessarily wrong with him. They just don't think it's a good fit for multitude of reasons here. And they could be totally wrong. A lot of teams passed over Mike Zimmer for a long time. He turned into be a very successful coach. But um, that's just my long-winded answer of saying I think there's more to it, at least with the Vikings, than just the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes shine that is kind of discounting EB's candidacy. And what I
0: heard about Beanie is that uh, you know his one of the things that could have been considered his greatest success in the Vikings organization was helping Adrian Peterson along the way, and that Adrian Peterson didn't like Eric because he was so hard on him. So there is a, there yeah. is an abrasive aspect to Eric. He is the, he, he is in that way, even though he's running an, a new school offense right now, there is an old school mentality about hard coaching that comes with him.
1: Yeah, that's a very more succinct way of putting it than I did. But, yes, I think um, it seems like, whether this is right or wrong, that the that the Wilfs, that the Vikings in general, want to go toward a more modern approach to this job, to this leadership. And Eric bien is is more old school. He is hard-nosed. He gets after it. I think in the right situation, that could be a perfect fit. Um, but for these guys who just spent – years kind of with old school leadership at the top and are worn out by it to bring in another guy with the same type of leadership style, that could be like, all right, I can't handle this anymore. Um, let's you know let's go a different direction. I think that's that's part of the reason that they've looked elsewhere.
0: One more Viking angle to get to. You can also hear John Krasinski on, strangely enough, The John Krasinski Show. That's our Timberwolves and NBA show at TalkNorth.com. We've been doing live shows at Tuttle's. Uh, we'll get you the date of our next live show as soon as you can. Come out. We uh, Ten Cup Whiskey sponsors that program and does a lot of drink specials and giveaways. It's a lot of fun. Tuttle's is a great place. Eat, bowl, play in uh, Hopkins, Come check us out. We do appreciate everybody that listens, and thanks again to sponsors of this show, Starbank, Starbank.net, and Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D, your State Farm agent. All right, so I wrote a column about Leslie Frazier recently, and it was not well received by the Viking public. And listen, <laughs> I I know they're not going to hire Leslie Frazier. I didn't write it because I think that me writing a column talking about Leslie Frazier is going to lead to him actually getting a job with the Minnesota Vikings. I just don't think they're going that direction. But I wrote it to make a point, which is here you have a coach who has a great resume. Uh, you know, is the def- the court defensive coordinator of the best defense in the NFL, even though it doesn't have a ton of obvious talent, especially on the the front seven. Uh, he's done great work. He's done great work for years. And when he was here, he got Christian Ponder to the playoffs, which is mm-hmm. almost unimaginable. What now, knowing what we now know about Christian Ponder? So my point was that Leslie Frazier should not be discounted. He should not be thrown the scrap heap just because Viking fans are like, you know, remember 2013 when everything, when Ponder fell apart. What, and, and so I'm going to ask you a specific question about this because I asked Jeff Diamond this on the Jeff Diamond Show, and he I said, hey, obviously if you didn't think of Frazier as your next head coach and you watched the Bills in the last 13 seconds against the Chiefs, it's very easy to say, okay, Frazier blew it there. I don't want him to be my head coach. Do you think one situation
1: like that should damage somebody's coaching stock? No, no, absolutely not. Especially when that one situation came against probably the greatest one of the, who's going to, the guy who's going to retire is maybe the greatest quarterback of all time or one right behind Tom Brady. Like this guy, um, you, and you saw the whole game. I mean, it was a shootout of epic proportions. And it was sort of a glimpse into the future of what quarterbacking needs to be in this league. And when it is going the way that it does, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, no one's stopping that. And yeah, I mean, was there a, a strategic miscalculation late there? It, it, it's possible that there was, but really what happened was the Bills lost an all-time great game. To an all-time great player and offense, and so you, I, you absolutely do not make a judgment. Just like if the Bills had won that game and say that that pass to Kelsey, say Patrick Mahomes airmailed it and um, they they missed and and they ended up losing right in that way. Just so that does not cement Leslie Frazier's candidacy either. As oh. Uh, okay, they they won the shootout with the Chiefs so automatically Frazier's the guy. I think to me, when you look at Leslie Frazier and 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 candidates of his ilk, it's I I like the possibility of having a head coach who is a second time head coach. Um, I think that they learn things um they evolve and they do things differently from their mistakes that they made in the past and can turn out to be really, really good uh, head coaches. Belichick, Pete Carroll, like go up and down the list of, of guys who have like really kind of evolved and catapulted themselves into a higher sphere after failing the first time. And that's what I would like to see Leslie Frazier get a chance to fail a second time because a lot of times in this and, you know, you, you've touched on it, gym and we've talked about it. Like it, it's hard enough for black head coaches to get that first chance. It's even harder for them to get the second chance that so many white coaches get. And so it, it you know, I, I, was listening to a, um, to a, uh, a, a a video this morning that that came up on Twitter with John Thompson, the, the old Georgetown coach and there was an ESPN panel discussion about um, the plight of black coaches and things. And Thompson was saying, look, all I want is for black head coaches to be judged and have the same opportunities to fail that white head coaches do, because it seems like the only black head coaches are the Mike Tomlins of the world now who are just, the best of the best super bowl winning um incredible incredible leaders and 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 unbelievable records he hasn't had a losing season all those things like you know uh thompson's point was basically like i want to have i want it to be okay for a blackhead coach not to win a super bowl but just to have a good career um and get it to you know get to afc title games get to the playoffs every once in a while have a bad season every once in a while and survive that and and so i think like That's the next step for the hiring process and the opportunity process for people of color in these positions is that, yes, of course you want to win Super Bowls and that has to be the ultimate goal. But um, they need to be able to be just good and not all time great to keep their jobs or to get other jobs. And so I think Leslie Frazier would learn from some of the things that happened in Minnesota. I think there's a chance in the next job that he would have a much better situation from a quarterback standpoint, from a, from a roster construction standpoint. And I think he probably learned a lot in Buffalo as, as the defensive coordinator there with a very good head coach and Sean McDermott. And and he could take all of that and be really, really good in his next position. Um, so I hope that eventually he does get that second chance because so many White coaches who were a lot worse than res- Leslie Frazier get second chances.
0: Well said. Hey, uh, and by the way, if my calculate if my research uh, stuck in my brain properly, I think eight of the last nine Super Bowls were won by a coach on his second job. Uh, yeah. So I just I just hope uh, people take a clear eyed view of people like Caldwell and Frazier and give them the chances they deserve. Hey, great stuff from John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening to the Viking update. We'll be back next week, probably to talk about the new head coach.